You're still listening to The Science Inside. Today, our show is all about rubbish. Following the Pick It Up Strikes, I'm Alna Schitz. And I'm DJ Keys. Next, um, DJ Keys chats with EnviroServe's technical specialist, Dr. Johan Schoenwald, about waste stream analysis and hazardous waste. Now, if we can just jump straight into it, and I'd like to know, Doctor, what exactly is waste stream analysis? Okay, it's a a complex question, so I'm going to try and keep it fairly simple. The the idea is to take a representative sample of whatever waste is generated by industry, for example, and then then analyze that. So it could be a waste coming out of a paint industry, it could be waste coming out of a solvent recycler, it could be waste coming from uh, a ferrometal industry. So identify what what is the, the industry generating the waste and what are the hazards in that waste so that we can then apply proper waste management to that specific waste stream and not then just have a generic answer for all waste streams. All right. And then talking about analyzing waste, how exactly do you analyze, let's say, solid uh, versus liquid waste, maybe even sludge waste? Okay. So again, the, the first point would be to take a representative sample of that waste. Clearly, liquid oil liquid, they flow. So you'll even find that in our legislation they define liquids and they have have various parameters which you then use to say is this a liquid, is this a sludge, is this a solid. And the broad, uh, and and let's call it the naive definition that is there, is that if you can pick it up with a shovel, it's not a liquid. But they also have the more technical one that if the thing has an angle of repose of more than five degrees, that you put it on an inclined slope, and if it slows down that slope, then it's seen as a liquid. So that, that is the more technical definition that's in our waste legislation right now. Sludges are a little bit more difficult because a lot of sludges can flow, but we tend to deal with those as a, let's call it a semi-solid. And then clearly solids are, are quite easy to define. They have no flow characteristics at all. So that would, that would be your first distinction on what am I dealing with, something liquid, solid, or sludge. And then that also then influences the, the waste treatment that you apply to those specific materials later. Okay. And then also if you could maybe take me through the different analytical lab testing services that you do. I mean, I read on your website that analytical lab testing services for these matrices also includes things like routine, trace, as well as ultra trace level analysis for organics. Can you briefly tell me a bit about that? For sure. Okay, so the, the, first, the first thing that we have to now try and do is, are there any sort of physical hazards associated with this material? Now, physical hazards are things like, is it explosive? Is it radioactive? Is it corrosive? Those would be seen as physical hazards. So if I'm, if I'm going to transport the material, these are the risks that I need to mitigate when I'm actually moving the material around. Because over and beyond the threat that they pose to humans, clearly they pose a risk to the vehicle being used to transport that material as well. So we do those physical testing uh, parameters as, as the first step in our process to identify all the physical hazards associated with this material. From there we can go into detailed analysis, which and we have a range of, of scientific equipment which we can use from gas chromatographs, mass spectrometers, um, an ICP, which is inductively coupled plasma machine, which will give you the inorganic elements. So we use these then to identify what are the actual contaminants in the waste. Because linked to these, you can then say, does this 
waste because of the contaminants it contains. It may contain mercury, it may contain lead, it may contain some toxic organic components like benzene or some of the chlorinated solvents like chloroform. Using the, that information coming off this instrumentation, we can we can say that this material either represents a chronic or an acute toxicity risk over and beyond the physical hazards which it may represent. So this material may be flammable, it may be a solvent, but it also then contains benzene, which is a carcinogen. And using these techniques, we can then flag that it has these two hazards. One is the physical hazard of flammability, and secondly, the toxicity hazard. You know, it's toxic to humans because it can cause cancer. All right, and then when it comes to the equipment that you use in these labs, what sort of equipment would you use? We've got a range of very sophisticated equipment. As I was saying, we have uh, gas chromatographs, uh, GC in, in the abbreviated terminology, and then it's linked to the detector that you use. So sometimes it's the flame ionization detector, or FID. Sometimes it's the mass spectrometer, or MS. So these are the, the typical abbreviations that we use in a, in a chemical lab, GCMS gas chromatograph with mass spectrometer analysis. We use an ICP, which is inductively coupled plasma. That's an instrument which is focused specifically for inorganic elements. So it will do things like lead, iron, manganese, copper, nickel, the full range of inorganic elements that you get in the, the periodic table it can typically analyze for. And then we, we can do uh, semi-qualitative weight chemistry methods as well. So if if you know, for argument's sake, that your material contains chrome-6, you now have to do a specific methodology to identify that specific risk element in this material that you're analyzing. So it depends on the waste that you're analyzing. It depends on what you're looking for. But we, we apply a range of techniques and instrumentation to identify the risks that we're looking for. And then when it comes to analyzing the toxicity, uh, maybe the toxicity characterizations of, let's say, uh, the waste or the leakage samples, how do you do that? Okay, toxicity, we're fortunate in that most toxicity has been measured. So the typical testing for lead, you don't have to repeat. The, the data is available. And you can find that on, on many websites where they say, okay, this, this material has a, a, an LC50, which stands for lethal concentration 50 which will kill 50% of your laboratory species of, and I'm going to use a number, let's say, one milligram per liter. That, that would be the toxicity rating for that specific element. Or it can have a lethal dose toxicity, or LD50 value, which is lethal dose 50. Again, that dosage will kill 50% of your test species, which is normally rats. That data is available, so you don't have to do that testing again. What you need to know is, what is the concentration of these specific risk elements that you're looking for in the waste? And then you can link that to publish data on the risk characteristics of those specific risk elements. Now, to get the, the actual leachable data, because that, that's where the exposure between waste and human species or animal species is applicable, they have historically used in our industry a, a test which was developed by the US EPA, the TCLP test, which stands for Toxicity Characteristic, Characteristic Leaching Protocol, the real tongue twister. It's a, it's a protocol which was developed by the US EPA to simulate what happens to waste inside a landfill. So you expose waste into a mildly acidic leaching medium, and that will then 
extract from this waste the, the risk elements which can come then into the aquatic environment. And using that data, you can say this waste does represent either a low, a medium, or a high risk to the aquatic environment. Interesting. And then I also want to find out, why would you have your waste analyzed, maybe say for classification? It's now a legal requirement. So ever since the Waste Act came into, into play, and then subsequently then uh, brought into, into um, activity the, the waste regulations, it became a mandated requirement for waste to be classified. Now, classification means making the first decision on is the waste hazardous or not. That's all it, it means. So waste classification, in a sense, is you as a waste generator need to know by law whether your waste is hazardous or not. And the only way to do that is through analysis. And again, the, the law then dictates that you have to use an accredited lab facility. So it has to be somebody whose instrumentation is accredited, the methodology they use is accredited, so the data then is therefore credible. And you use, using that data, you can then make a decision on is my waste hazardous or non-hazardous. Because that then guides how you're going to manage the waste thereafter. Do you have to comply with certain waste storage requirements? Are there certain waste transport requirements that you have to comply with? And obviously, lastly, depending on which route you're going, does it have to go to a, a facility which is allowed to receive hazardous waste or to a facility which is allowed to receive general waste? And, and what sort of facilities are allowed to receive hazardous waste? With the change in our legislation, again, brought about by the Waste Act, you'll find that your, the type of waste that you have, and they typically rated type 1 to type 4. So waste management is now linked to engineering to control the risk to the aquatic environment. So a high-risk waste would typically be a type 1 waste, has to go to a highly engineered facility to make sure that that material can't leak out into the environment. And landfill legislation no longer then asks, is the waste hazardous going to a hazardous waste facility, which is, it seems a bit of an anomaly that they've removed that from legislation. With our previous guiding, let's call it legislation, which was known as the minimum requirements for hazardous waste management, always made let's call it the assumption or stance that hazardous waste needs to go to a hazardous waste facility. Our new legislation has taken that out and says, we don't ask you if you're sending hazardous waste to a hazardous waste landfill. We say, is the engineering of the landfill suitable to receive the waste? Which is a little bit uh, in conflict with what we historically used to do and a little bit um, contentious in the sense of you now can have hazardous waste going to a municipal site whose engineering is suitable, but because they don't have proper access control of the site, can unfortunately expose the population, which could be the informal recycling sector, who move over the site to hazardous components in the waste being received at that site. Doctor, thank you very much for your time. Yeah? You're more than welcome, Keith. After the break, we speak to researchers that recently found traces of the plague in a rat here in Johannesburg. Stay tuned.